Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. And you know what? It's 80 degrees today. You know what you could use? How about a slushy? Mm. Yes. Ooh, Chad. You're making me hungry and thirsty. Yes, and the great people over at Brewers Outlet now have slushies. Six flavors of slushies to cool you down. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. You know, it's like 80 degrees out, but it feels a lot warmer. Yeah, it feels warmer because it's been chilly out, I think. I think the fact that it's been chilly out, I think, is one of the reasons we're sitting back saying, boy, it really feels warm today. Well, you know what? You could use a slushy. I got the my, beverage, the beverage supermarket, brand new. They have slushies. I got my sandals out today. I was excited. There you go. Six flavors on tap. Now, Corey did offer the suit to stop in some day to do it, some taste testing, right? So I, you know, we'd like to be warned ahead of time. So because on that day, supplies may be limited. All right. So uh, <laughs> what'd you do? You, you let him taste test. I mean, Kevin went in one day for the slushies. He said, "I'd like ten, and they said, "We hope you and your family enjoy it." And he said, "Family." All right. That's that's not good, Jeff. All right. Our play by our play by play call of the day. 50 years ago this week, one of the more famous goals in the history of hockey, Bobby Orr in overtime against the St. Louis Blues. Drive, and that one whistled wide. Orr for the Bruins, tied up by Eccleston and Berenson. Westfall rolled it in front. Sanderson tried a shot that was wide, and Keenan cleared of a cut off. Bobby Orr behind the net to Sanderson. Orr! Flying through the air after Noel Picard tripped him. Mm. It is an iconic photo. It is the statue in front of uh, the garden now, the TD Garden. And it is, in many New England homes, a picture on the wall. And you name, I don't care whether it's the Bull and Finch, a.k.a. Cheers, or any other sports bar in New England, that picture is there. Uh, Bobby Orr scoring the game and series golden goal for the Boston Bruins in 1970, 50 years ago, this week. That was two, just, just two years before I was born. Oh, I was, I was 12 years old and glued to the TV, glued to it. The Bruins hadn't won the Stanley Cup in 29 years. I was glued to it. I mean, every minute of every game. And he scored that, and it was like, you guys, it was it was Mother's Day. It was a Sunday afternoon. So, 
you can just hear the excitement too and with the crowd and the voice of the announcer oh well dan kelly is the announcer the irony is dan kelly is actually the st louis blues announcer but he was announcing for cbs and he was a pros pro his son who's also dan kelly uh you hear him on btn hmm. uh, and i have worked with dan kelly probably I don't know, five, six times in my career. Personally, personally I like Dan, Danny a lot. He's a, really, a nice guy and a very good announcer. He's a chip off the old block. All right, Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. We, it sounds like they're they're going next week into yellow down in York. Uh, Frank, uh, we hope you and yours are safe. Please uh, stay safe. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes, we're doing well, and... Um... We're on the edge of some hot spots, but actually, your county's uh, not too bad. Yeah. Uh, so we're just uh, trying to get used to uh, working in my upstairs office area and not getting any haircuts for over a month. <laughs> so actually, going into a different hairstyle right now. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, I'm fortunate. I won't even ask you about yours. Should I, 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 I? I'm fortunate. I'm on radio. <laughs> okay. Great. Very good. Perfect. It's on TV. It'd be a little different ball game here, yeah. uh, so I can get away with it right now. Okay, uh, James had his uh, teleconference, the second one he's had. Uh, what were your takes from that yesterday? Well, I think he really. I think there's maybe more confidence that they're going to play college football at some point, and that Penn State and I'm sure other people, other schools are just saying we want, we need to do this, we want to do this, it's important to do this, and we'll, we're open to however it has to be done. Um, you know, they brought back the whole idea of limiting or not fans again yesterday. I mean, he, you know, he seemed like that was, you had to have fans there, but, um, you know, they're open to anything. And I think, uh, the flexibility is what they're just, cause they don't have exact answers. So, but we need to play and maybe there's a little more, I don't know, feeling a relief for fans is the right thing, but I think, you know, more positive that they're going to have football. It's just, it's, I mean, the other thing that people don't get into is, I mean, what does it look, how feasible is it to play in the late winter or early spring at a place like Penn State? I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, it's always been interesting because I know that there's always been loose talk, and it's just loose talk about, hey, wouldn't it be great if you had. Um, the NHL Winter Classic at Beaver Stadium, have the Penguins play the Flyers. I mean, it's always been loose talk of that. And part of the problem has been is that, you know, is is Beaver Stadium being open at that time of the year? And also, you don't know what the weather conditions are, and where do you park people? Now, obviously, they've been able to park as for the technical difficulty there. And great to have you back on the show today. Warm out today, huh? Absolutely. Slushy day. That's what we're going to do. We're going to have a slushy day. And, uh, all right. So, great to have you with us. Unfortunate ones. Um, Oops, we'll get to that in a few minutes. We'll get Michael Bennett. Hear from him in the final half hour. And we have Darlington coming up this weekend. And the suit's having a big Darlington watch party. No? No, not. He'd have to do it virtually, I guess. 
Well, he's all revved up about June 6th because that's when IndyCar starts back up again. And they're just going to pick up the schedule where it would naturally be. So they're going to be at the Texas Motor Speedway. And that is, what's today, the 15th? So that's, what, three weeks from tomorrow? Three weeks from tomorrow? Now, Darlington gets NASCAR going Sunday, about 3, 3.30. It's on Fox. And then they have a series of races in a short period of time. They're going to try and make up for some lost time, even with fans not in the stands. And let's see. I think they're doing, what, four races in a span of 11 days, something like that, which is, that's an amazing number to do in a short period of time. Uh, IndyCar will open its season in Texas June 6th. They're going to close their season in St. Petersburg. They made that announcement. And, of course, Darlington gets things rolling this weekend. And they're going to do four races in 11 days. Egad. Now, they'll have to wear masks and so forth to go from the parking lot to the garage, wear masks in the garage, and then they have to... Um, then once they put on the helmet and the fire suits they're fine but then when they leave they have to put the mask back on so that's what they're going to do uh, NASCAR has also added five uh, visits to five tracks they will go let's see it'll be a summer in the south so you're going to stick to Tennessee, Georgia, Virginia, Florida, and Alabama for the June races, all of them without fans. NASCAR now has plans for 20 races, including nine in the Elite Cup Series. They'll go to Darlington, and they're going to run four times in 11 days at the South Carolina track and at Charlotte Motor Speedway. NASCAR will go to Bristol Motor Speedway May 31st. So you're going to be in Darlington, Sunday, 400 miles. Tuesday, Darlington, 400 miles. Wednesday, Darlington, 310 miles. Then on the 24th, which is a week from Sunday, they are going to run the uh, the 600 at Charlotte. No fans. Then... On Memorial Day, the 25th, they're going to come back and run 300 at Charlotte. Then on the 26th, they're going to run trucks in Charlotte. Then another cup race in Charlotte on the 27th, 310 miles. Then the Xfinity Series at Bristol, Cup Series at Bristol on the 31st, 266, then trucks and so forth. Then they go to Atlanta, Martinsville, Homestead, Talladega. So that's how they're going to do it. Golf will start with 
the Nelson at Colonial, and that will be on June 11th. And that's what they're going to do. So they're going to put that schedule together. And, of course, you do have the Peyton Manning, Tiger Woods, uh, Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson match coming up, too, which is going to go to charity, obviously. And I think I even got the teams right there. And at least you'll have some semblance of sports. Simple as that. You'll have something. And then we'll see what baseball does, but they got to work out the money, which you knew was going to get ugly. And just so you know, Las Vegas has weighed in on the Woods Manning, Mickelson, and Brady match. And Tiger and Peyton Manning are favored. I knew you were concerned. to have the Shemokin Dam Orchestra in the right groove. You know, Today's show brought to you by... Yes? I was just going to say, you know, it's amazing when you don't do this a while, how rusty you get. <laughs> oh, don't worry about that. You're doing great, Chad. You're doing great. Not good, you're doing great. All right. I mean, we could have had somebody else from Ward 4 in Danville fill in, but... <laughs> you probably had a borough council meeting or something. Yeah. <laughs> Ever tell you about the time he was on the show? We were we were going to do bowl picks, and I asked him. I said, "Can I ask a question first of all before we get started?" He goes, "Sure." I said, "You ever vote to raise taxes?" <laughs> that was a bit of a stumble. All right, uh, today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews. Oh, a cold beverage would be great right about now. Water, wine coolers, soft drinks, snacks. They roast Taking their your peanuts. Calls at eight. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was the computer. <laughs> and the and the pickle bar led by the barrels of the dills, indeed second to none. And guess what? New at the beverage supermarket. Slushies. Got it. Six flavors on tap, ready to cool you down for hot summer days or even hot spring days like this one. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. I'd go for a slushie right now. And... We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You can go to sunburymotors.com. That's where you can do your buying. Great line of Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, Kia, and... 
great pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And at sunburymotors.com. All right, Michael Mennett. This is the quarterback of this offensive line. There's no getting around it. He'll be a fifth-year senior. Came to Penn State at guard, moved to center, and now is not only one of the top centers in the Big Ten, he's one of the top centers in the country. And had a chance to talk with the media on Wednesday, and right out of the gate, he was asked about his ability to stay in shape. The fortunate ones. Um... Um, I think I'm one of the fortunate ones because I have a very good situation. I'm able to go over to my uncle's house um, and lift down in his basement. He has a a Smith machine down there, um, and it's not free weights, but can't complain. There's plenty of weight there. Um, And then I've been getting creative with buying stuff, making stuff, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, My dad's kind of helped out with that. We bought a heavy bag so I can get some good football work. Um, do punches and stuff like that for pass pro and um, I also borrowed stuff from my one cousin he had sleds um, kettlebells some dumbbells resistance bands that kind of stuff so uh, I've just been very fortunate and uh, the strength staff has been great with giving us um, workouts that we can do um, kind of just been sending them out pretty regularly um, just these optional workouts and I've definitely been taking advantage of those Next question is Tyler Donahue, Lions 247. Hey, good morning. Good to hear from you. Thanks for joining us today. Yep, thanks for having me. Uh, as a returning captain, a guy who, who holds a lot of respect in this locker room, how, how is leadership coming into play uh, the last couple of months with everybody scattered everywhere? And do you get together? Is there a leadership council or anything like that that meets separately and kind of figures out how to delegate, how to monitor everybody from fellow seniors all the way down to the early enrollees who had to leave mid-semester? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think one of the biggest values that our team has right now is the amount of accountability that there is kind of team-wide from top to bottom. And I think that's kind of been the main driving force um, without anybody really really having to say anything. Um, I think as far as uh, individual units in certain rooms. I think all the leaders in those rooms have been really looking after their guys. Um, people are going across the ball a little bit. When I say that, I mean offense, defense. Um, going across the ball, making sure people are uh, getting all their work in. And I know personally for the O-line, uh, me and Will Fries have been really big, kind of just making sure we're communicating with everybody and making sure everybody is getting all their questions asked, uh, sorry, answered. Um, and making sure everybody's kind of working and just stuff like that. Next up is Audrey Snyder with The Athletic. Hey, Michael, thanks for your time this afternoon. Yep, thanks, Audrey. I'm just wondering, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the leadership and that kind of thing. Um, how has Coach Troutwine been through all of this? What's the contact been like between you and him? Um, yeah, so me, me and Coach Trout talk uh, pretty regularly on the phone, um, me asking him questions, all that kind of stuff. Um, but then we also have these Zoom meetings, which have been extremely valuable for us, especially um, transitioning into a new offense and a new O-line coach. Um, it's been really vital for us. 
uh, just to kind of get down all the technique, which um, having that little time in the winter before spring break was extremely valuable, a lot more valuable than everybody kind of expected it to be because he got to introduce all his new techniques um, and all that kind of stuff so we could see it and run through it live a few times. Um, so that was extremely valuable. But, yeah, the main form of communication is just the meetings that we have through Zoom um, and then just checking up here and there, asking questions. Next up is Frank Bodani with the York Daily Record. Hi, Mike. Uh, good to talk to you today. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about how you think whenever you guys do play again, this offensive line that you're putting together, how do you think it may be different, better, however you look at it from what you've had in the past and how good can it be? Uh, I think there's a ton of potential um, for our whole line as far as athleticism, talent, uh, work ethic, all that kind of stuff. And I think it kind of speaks to the culture uh, that's kind of been built since um, before I was here, but it's uh, been continued to uh, be built every single day since I kind of showed up is uh, we're going to be really hardworking. We're going to be self-accountable. We're going to hold each other accountable. And it goes from the top to bottom. If a freshman walks on campus and he sees me doing something I shouldn't, which he wouldn't because I pride myself on not doing that, but he 100% has a right to step up and say something to me and I'll be open about it. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing uh, for us is that we all want to work hard and get better each and every day. And that's kind of, there's always been our mentality since I've gotten here. We've done it. We've uh, progressed this far. And I think uh, with some of Coach Trout's new um, fundamentals, techniques, and mentalities, I think, I think our potential for this year is very high. Our next question is Rich Scarcella with the Reading Eagle. Hi, Mike. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Yep. Hey, can you be more specific? Was was there anything um, that Coach Troutwine has done or taught since he arrived that um, you've especially liked? Um, yeah, I mean, I think every online coach you have is going to have their own variations of technique and footwork and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'd say the probably the biggest difference is probably the run game uh, technique and fundamentals. I like it. Uh, more just because I feel like it's more physical and more explosive, um, which I think is going to be a huge plus for us this year, especially with the talent that we have in the backfield. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing so far that I've noticed is pretty different. Our next question is Mark Brennan with Fight On State. Michael, can you tell us about Coach Trout's uh, you know, personality and how, how kind of different is it to be working with a coach who's that young? He's really not all that much older than a couple of the guys in that room. Yeah, um, I mean, I love, I love Coach Trout. Um, in a little bit of time, I've kind of got to know him so far. I really like him. Uh, he's a great guy to be around. He kind of, kind of demands everybody to be better every day, which is something that I've always loved from a coach. And, uh, like you said, he's younger. He kind of gets it. He understands what we're going through because he's not very far removed from playing himself. Um, and that valuable experience that he gained playing in the NFL and being able to bring that to us uh, along with some of the great coaches he's had, I think has been extremely valuable as well. Next up is Donnie Collins with the Times Tribune. Hey Michael, um, you, you kind of mentioned earlier about when, when with working out how, how you've how you've, how you've been able to make some things that have helped you. Is, is there some some things that you've kind of manufactured on your own that that have that you've been pretty proud of? 
And a second question is, is Coach Charwin has, has talked about, you know, kind of playing in your legs, from your legs, things like that. What, what does that mean to you, and, and how does that – how do you think that helps, and, and how different is it? Um, yeah, so uh, to your first question, um, kind of bought or acquired everything I needed from friends or family. Um, we made this one thing. I, I Actually, my dad got the idea from Will Fries. It was something his dad made for him. It's – uh, like a six foot long PVC pipe, probably six inches around. If you fill it halfway with water, um, and you can do certain stuff with that, um, cause it's an unstable kind of apparatus. So it really helps with, uh, stabilizing your core and that kind of stuff. You can use it for all different types of things. Um, and then your second question, could you repeat it? Cool. Uh, Donnie, Donnie, Donnie. Go ahead, Donnie. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Coach Charles kind of just—he talked about with us, you know, playing from your legs and and, okay. and 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 being able to to impart some knowledge and some technique in that area to you guys. I'm just wondering how different that. Yeah, um, so I kind of lost you there at the end, but I mean, playing in your legs to me just kind of means having a good base, having your knees bent, um, and kind of allowing all of your lower body power to kind of connect to your upper body. Um, and that's really the core, I think, of playing offensive line is being able to use your lower body, uh, which you said is something that Coach Trout talks about a ton because um, it just allows you to be powerful and play physical and fast. Our next question is Peter Terpstra with WTAJ. Uh, hey, Michael. Um, I just want to know how weird is it either learning a new scheme or new offense uh, kind of virtually? Um, it's really not that bad because um, most of what you do anyway is um, besides obviously walking through it and being able to run it live is uh, kind of studying the film and watching clips from past offenses doing it um, and that type of stuff. Um, so it's really not that bad. Um I think as long as you're taking really good notes and be able to go back through them and watch them, uh, look at your notes while you're watching film, I don't think it's too bad. Obviously, you're missing the um, the component of being able to walk through it live with the defense, but um, some of the things I've been doing, I've just been kind of visualizing plays a lot, kind of walking through them like that, visualizing defenses. So um, kind of getting by and uh, making it through, I think I'm doing pretty well. Our next question is Mike Gross, Lancaster Newspapers. Hi, Mike. Good morning. Um, uh, if we would ask you, do you do? Are you anxious to get back to football? I assume the the answer to that question would be an emphatic yes. But uh, have you thought about any of the sort of asterisks that go next to that? Like, for example, would you want to play in an empty stadium? Would you want to play if you're the only? people on campus there aren't students on campus have you thought about some of the weird scenario not weird i guess but unusual scenarios that on which you might have to return to football yeah i mean obviously we've kind of discussed them all and um but honestly i'm really trying not to think about it as much i mean uh my opinion honestly really doesn't matter for this because there's tons of healthcare professionals and people that kind of do this stuff for a living that are going to be the ones to make the decision whenever it's the safest for everybody to get back. Um, definitely would be a little bit weird uh, playing under some of those circumstances, but I think at the end of the day, 
we all just want to play football and uh, we're just kind of waiting until somebody gives us the okay to do that. Michael Mennett, senior offensive lineman, the linchpin of that offensive line, a veteran offensive line. You will have a fifth-year player in Will Fries. You heard him in the 335 half hour. Michael, of course, at center. You're going to have C.J. Thorpe and Mike Miranda as the guards. Both have experience. And the true, the uh, redshirt sophomore, Rasheed Walker. And then you've got guys like Des Holmes and Juice Scruggs and Caden Wallace. You've got an offensive line that can be really good this season. Jack Ham and I talked this afternoon and obviously, health means everything. So, you know, don't, uh, uh, I'm not going away from the health part, but let's just say about the football part. And we talked about the football part today. Obviously, the two of us did. And we both strongly feel that if Penn State gets a chance to play, they have a chance to be really, really good. And Jack's really enthused about the linebackers. Parsons, Brandon Smith, Jesse Lucetta, Ellis Brooks. Um, they can be big playmakers. But that offensive line is a veteran group. Go with veteran running backs and a veteran quarterback and veteran tight end. And it's, it'll be, we think they're going to be really good. We really do. So, yes, deep down, the two of us are like, I hope they get to play. Television ratings are out. We're going to tell you exactly how much this country loves football in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street and Summary, the beverage supermarket on News Radio 1070 WKOK. You should see in the staff meeting when the suit moonwalks to this. <laughs> yeah, Ch- I, Chad loves it. I might have bad dreams tonight. I don't know. That was the whole purpose of it. I wanted to give you a visual to leave the show with. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. They now have slushies, six flavors on a hot day like this. Oh, it's going to be great to go with all the great beverages. Stock up now. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Go to sunburymotors.com and buy today. How much? Does America love football? Well, the 1920 television rating season is over, and thus the final numbers are in. The number one series for the year, and this spans 16 or 17 different nights, Sunday Night Football on NBC is the number one series again, averaging over 20 million viewers per The number two show is NCIS on CBS with Mark Harmon. Number three, Thursday Night Football on Fox plus the NFL Network. The number four show, Sunday Night NFL pre-kickoff on NBC. The number five show, the OT on Fox, the post-game show. Now remember, Sunday afternoon games, this is prime time only. So four of the top five shows are Sunday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, or pregame or postgame shows. The FBI is uh, six, Blue Blood seven, Chicago Fire eight, This Is Us nine, 
Young Sheldon, 10. Chicago PD, 11. Chicago Med, 12. The Mass Singer, 13. Bull, 14. 60 Minutes, 15. 911, 16. Voice, 17. FBI Most Wanted, 18. Football Night in America, Segment 3, 19. And The Good Doctor, 20 on ABC. In the coveted 18 to 49 demo, this is 18 to 49. The number one show, Sunday Night Football. Number two show, Thursday Night Football. The number three show, Sunday Night NFL pre-kickoff. The number four show, the OT on Fox, the postgame show. The Mass Singers 5. Football Night in America, the uh, third segment is 6, tied with This Is Us. Then 8 is the NFL on Fox pre-kick show at 8. The Bachelor is tied for 8th. This is 18-49 to 49 now. Grey's Anatomy 10, 9 Chicago PD 12, Survivors 13, Chicago Fire 13, Lego Masters 13. Never heard of it. I guess that's on Fox. Oh, yeah, that's Nine, a good show. Okay, 911 Lone Star is 16, tied with The Voice. Big Brother Wednesday is 18, New Amsterdam's 19, and NCIS is 18 among those 18 to 49. That's how much America loves football. Overall viewers, football takes four of the top five series spots and has five shows in the top 19. 18 to 29, top four spots, all football. And five of the top six are football. And six of the top eight are football. It's just, it's amazing. Doesn't matter what age group, 18 to 49 or overall viewers, it's the National Football League. It doesn't have in here the individual numbers. Uh, you know, in terms of like, you know, because usually the Sunday Night Football individually usually makes up at minimum 15 of the top 17 shows of the year, sometimes all 17. It really is remarkable. That's how much this country loves football. So it's uh, it's amazing. Boy, really, that's you see something like that, and it really just brings out the passion that people have for it. I mean, you watch, I watch, and it is amazing. I mean, the numbers are really stunning for the year. What I like to see is the breakdown, though, for the year in, um, like, which, you know, in other words, which game was won. Now, we all know the Super Bowl, but I'm talking about, like, the actual series. I mean, the actual series, for example, because Sunday Night Football is a series. It's not a single game. And it really is remarkable. 
And yes, Nielsen ratings are up because Americans are watching more TV right now over the past two months. Now we're going to see, for example, what effect. Look, Darlington is not going to be, it would never be a ratings bonanza. But it is going to be interesting to see if the Darlington number is higher than what the Darlington race would normally get because outside of UFC, this will be the first live sporting event since the second week of March. I heard some people watch the Korean baseball the other night just because it was live sports. You know what? I have watched maybe 90 seconds to two minutes of it. And that's because it was on a replay. It was a late afternoon replay. I have not watched any of it live. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks, and now brand new at the beverage supermarket, slushies in six flavors, and the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, second to none. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com. 